0: Welcome to Sunday Sermons from the Williamsburg Community Chapel, brought to you by the Chapel Podcast Network. Let's grab our Bibles and open up to the book of John, verses 1 through 18. And I'll read verse 14 for us now, as we prepare to hear from lead pastor Travis Simone, as he brings our Christmas Eve meditation. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory. Glory is of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. What do you want to see this Christmas? What is it that you want to see? I'll tell you what I wanted to see. I wanted to see my favorite musician talk about his book. And his book tour was coming through Washington, D.C. A friend of mine called me up and said, I've got tickets. It was at the National Cathedral. He was going to speak about his faith, too. I said, let's go. My friend said, let's go early and get really good seats. So we waited outside the church. We we rushed in right when the doors opened only to find out that like the first 10 rows had been blocked off for family and friends. I said, I know a little bit about church architecture. Let's head to the transepts. So we headed to the side and we had second row on the side, direct line, but our row came out further than the front row. So we had a direct sight line of the two chairs where he was gonna be interviewed. I thought, this is perfect. We sat there waiting for the event to start. The pastor of the National Cathedral did this great introduction, and then as they welcomed them onto the platform, the pastor took the pulpit and put it right in front of me. (laughs) The pulpit is right in front of me, blocking my view completely. I look around. Nobody seems to be looking at me. They're looking at the platform, and I move the pulpit to the ground. All was going well until I feel a tap on my shoulder and turn around and see that it's security. Security looks at me, says, who moved the pulpit? Now, what do you think your pastor said? Would I lie in church? No, of course not, kids, not in church, not anywhere. I looked at the security guard right in the eye, said, I moved the pulpit. He said, "Well, I'm going to put it back." I said, "No, if you if you put it back, I'm not going to be able to see for the rest of the night." He goes to put it back. I grab his arm. I go, "I'm a pastor." <laughs> I have a lot of experience with pulpits. I'll put it back." He looks at me. He goes, "You're a pastor." I said, "Yes." He goes, "Well, you're forgiven." But at the end of the night, I'm putting the pulpit back on the platform. What do you want to see this Christmas? What do you want to see with the eyes of your heart this Christmas? Now I know that's probably not a very interesting question for all the kids in the room. I know what you want to see. You want to see your presence. And sometimes there are like these bonus presents that get set out early. I'm not exactly sure why, but there's always a few presents under the tree before Christmas morning. And I know what you've been doing. I know you've been straining the laws of nature trying to see through the wrapping paper to know what waits for you tomorrow. But maybe it's actually more serious for many of us here. Maybe it's an investment And you need to see that investment turn around or things are not going to turn out for you financially in the new year. Maybe it's a relationship you long to see reconciled. Maybe there's a medical test and you're waiting to see the results. A child you want to see healthy and whole when they grow up. Or to see a child you never got the chance to see grow up. Maybe there's a spouse you'll only see again in the life to come. You want to see the outcome to a painful situation or the end to your addiction. You want to see the solution to your biggest problem, to see that everything will turn out all right. Well, as deep as our longings are for these things, John chapter one offers us a chance to see something even greater. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. This Christmas, you can see God. You can see God's power. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the beginning is the most famous line in all of literature. It brings us back to the power of God to create, not by labor, but through speech. His light-creating, land-forming, animal-animating, image-imprinting Word unfathomable power on display. And yet the powerful becomes personal. The almighty becomes accessible. The inexhaustible is laid down for a nap. The untouchable is nursed, changed, clothed, held, as the song King of Kings says, from a throne of endless glory. To a cradle in the dirt. The word became flesh. And dwelt among us. We have seen his glory. What is it that you want to see this Christmas? You can see God's light. In him was life and the life was the light of men. I can't say it as cute as Hope said it earlier. I apologize. But the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. God offered light and life, we heard in the lessons read and taught earlier. And then in disobedience, in seeking life on our own terms, in imagining that we could become wise by our own means, Humanity chose darkness and death. My advisor from seminaries, a man named Brent Strawn. He teaches Old Testament. He refers to sin as the beautiful doctrine of sin. And whenever he says that, people just step back. What could he mean by that? The be- beautiful doctrine of sin? He says, yes, I call it the beautiful doctrine of sin because it explains everything. Why are you lonely? Sin separates. Why are you tired? Sin exhausts. Why does it hurt so badly when a loved one dies? Because the consequence of sin, death, is not God's original design. Sin is the warping of creation, not God's way for creation. But the darkness did not deter the light of God. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory in the darkness, in the loneliness, in the exhaustion. What do you want to see this Christmas? You can see God's grace, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. When you believe, not when you behave, When you believe, not when you have life all figured out. When you believe, not when you're finally proud of all your achievements. When you believe, Jesus gives us what we could never earn, the right to become children of God. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. Just as a child is always welcome to see their mom or dad, when you believe in the name of Jesus, that is to believe in the identity, to believe that the identity of the one made flesh, the one wrapped in swaddling clothes, the one laid in a manger, that his identity is the eternal word. When you believe that, you will see God. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. We have seen his glory. We have seen power itself. We have seen light himself. We have seen grace himself. Could there be anything greater or grander than seeing the power, the light, the grace of God than seeing the Word made flesh, Jesus Christ. But I want to warn you, as John warns, most people miss him. Most people have some pulpit sitting in their way that blocks their view, and they never think, maybe I should get up and move that and investigate what's beyond it. So John wants to move the pulpit for us. He was in the world and the world was made, and though the world was made through him, the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. John doesn't want you to miss seeing God this Christmas, which is why, Toward the end of the passage, he makes a very personal appeal. He says, I'll move the pulpit for you. He says, we have seen his glory. All of a sudden, the the language changes. He says, no, 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 if you're not trusting me, I want to tell you, we've seen it. Me, my friends, we saw the glory. And it's on display for all to see. The one who's at the Father's side, he's made him known. A professor that I had in college recently called me. He said there's a lecture he thought I might be interested in. It was a lecture from a man named Dr. James Charlesworth. Very well-known person in biblical studies. He was assigned the project to take the Dead Sea Scrolls, which are the oldest Bible manuscripts that we have, and to do the first translation into English. Everybody was waiting for his work to be published. He also does a lot of archaeology, and he did a dig in Jerusalem, and and believes that he has found the very tombs of David and Solomon. And this is what the lecture was supposed to be on. How he knows where the tombs of David and Solomon are. He, he talked on and on about it. All kinds of different biblical and archaeological evidence that he had seen with his own eyes. And he gets to the end of the lecture. The professor hosting the lecture says, it's now time to move on to the, the question and answer person. And it's the question and answer answer portion of the lecture. It was almost like Dr. Charlesworth didn't get the memo or he had another agenda. After all that he had said, after all that he had studied, he ignored every hand that went up in the room and just pulled out this small object. It looked like a candle holder. He said it was actually a bottle that would hold perfume in the ancient world. He looked at everyone who had questions all about the... (laughs) the talk that he had just given of which this had nothing to do with it. He said, this is in Jerusalem. I found this in Jerusalem. It's 2,000 years old. He looked at us. He said, I believe with the, the size of the city of Jerusalem and the time that I can date this object to, someone who saw Jesus touched this And then he pulled out another object. He said, this is a a lamp, like from the parable of of the 10 virgins that Jesus tells, the lamps that they were holding and burning and the oil that they needed for their lamps. He said, this too is 2,000 years old. I know this, I've tested it. Someone who heard Jesus, someone who saw Jesus, they touched this. And now I'm seeing it. Now I'm touching it. He didn't take any questions that afternoon. He just held up those objects. Like, in the end, all of his life's work was not satisfactory. Seeing the tombs of David and Solomon, he wasn't satisfied. He wasn't satisfied having seen the oldest manuscripts we have for the Bible. It wasn't enough for him to be seen by other biblical scholars as being at the top of his field. I could tell he wanted something more. But he settled. He settled to see something that someone who may have seen Jesus had touched. He was close. But I could tell he wanted to get closer. John says, you can get closer. You can see more. This Christmas, you can see God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. We have seen his glory. So no matter what you long to see this Christmas, this could be your pulpit moving moment. His power is strong enough. His light is bright enough. His grace is wide enough that to see Jesus Christ is really all you need To see, will you believe? Will you trust? And in believing and trusting, John says, you will see. In fact, John says, I saw it first. And now you can see it too. So as we pause and reflect on this truth from the Gospel of John, let me just ask you one more time. What do you long to see this Christmas Hear John's offer. By faith, you can see God. Thank you for joining us today. Here at the Williamsburg Community Chapel, we are all about making disciples of Jesus Christ. So wherever you are on your spiritual journey, we are excited to help you connect to Christ and his community. Have a blessed day.